That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. All I right. think we, we got it. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of That's What I'm Saying. <laughs> it's always good when I get the title of my own podcast right, because I very often call it That's What I'm Talking About, which, you know, is not the name of the podcast. But, <laughs> so you, you know, it's a win when the person whose podcast it is actually gets the name of it right. Uh, I don't know if you, for those of you who have been listening all along, you know, Doug and our five other listeners, um, you know, I mentioned the story about how I... Um, saw Janelle Monae in 2014 in a very, very not crowded at all, you know, uh, venue that should have been filled to the brim with people, but wasn't. And she put on a great performance. And then roughly five years later, she came back to the same event and, you know, obviously had wall-to-wall people uh, interested in listening to her. One, it was interesting just to see that growth in terms of interest. Two to see that in the first one she was a performer, or that rather the first occasion she was a performer at the convention I was at, and then the second time she was, you know, an entrepreneur. And I think the lesson for me was just that a lot can change in five years. And you know, an extension of that is just the idea that um, we like to think that we can figure out what's going to happen, you know, next in our lives or the direction we're headed or whatever. And, you know, if you the, the, for most people, in as much as we know that we can't <laughs> predict the future or see what's going to happen tomorrow and things change fast, you know, at some level we all kind of feel like, well, we're heading in this direction and that's the direction we're going to be headed in, in any kind of world, you know, part of our life, whether it's, you know, job or family or friends or romance or, you know, hobbies, whatever. Like you expect the things that you have and the things that you're working on and the things that you're putting your energy towards are going to lead you this way or that way or whatever. And if you've had success and you very often think success will continue, and if you have, you know, kind of repeated experiences of whatever it is, you think those experiences continue because there's no reason not to. At the end of the day, it makes sense in a lot of ways that, um, you know, if you're going in a particular direction in your life, that that direction is going to continue. But really, you know, A, not just we don't know where we're going to be in five years or five minutes or whatever, it's that it's just one of those things where at the end of the day, we really don't know. And things change really fast. And, you know, I've just had these moments where I realize that I, I have been in the room with people who, um, you know, were quote unquote one thing and then many years later are now another thing and they've, you know, they've found success or growth or whatever, or, or you know, success or growth or, um, you know, yeah, success or growth, and um, you know their their lives took them in paths that they wouldn't um, ever imagine that their lives would take. And you know the first one that comes, you know, and so the reason why I'm sort of saying that is that like there's a couple examples of that, um, which I find interesting. Is like so one, <laughs> basically, um, in the late '90s, I was working in Boston, actually, essentially working for free, on a, the very first. Um, the very first feature film, independent feature film I ever worked on was one called Next Stop Wonderland. And at the time, it was, you know, it was well-financed and had, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it, Hope Davies was in it, who's a fantastic actress with a lot of good credits. And obviously, Philip Seymour Hoffman is very well-known and, uh, you know, no longer with us, but has, a, you know, had a very strong career as an actor. Um, and it was, you know, a film that went on to, 
at the time be the most expensive movie ever bought um, at Sundance. Like that's an impressive thing. And it didn't go on to have success and uh, in the sense that it didn't make a lot of money and it's not exactly on top 10 lists or whatever, but I think it's still, still a very strong film. And so even that kind of illustrates my point, which is that like when we were making it, the hope was always to get into Sundance and there's reasons to believe that we would have some success and, you know, um, there's reason to believe that it would do well. And so in those moments, you're like, you're kind of abstractly imagining that. But then when it goes to Sundance and sell, sells for $6 million and, you know, that was in the 90s, so that's pretty impressive, then your presumption is that it's going to become this huge success and that's the direction that the you and any, anyone involved with the, the film or the film itself would, would go in. And then you find out later that, it didn't really do well in theaters at all, and it wasn't. It was critically acclaimed to some degree, but the point is that, like, in that one moment where you had bought at Sundance, like, you have to believe that it's going to be this big success. Um, so that's interesting. But so the the point of the story is that on one, I, I don't remember exactly when it was a long time ago, but I remember I had been working on set as a PA, which is basically like the lowest on the totem pole or the lowest um, level of you know, it's an entry level position. Uh, and you're picking up, so you're picking up, um, you know, you're going at errands, you're quote-unquote locking up set, you're doing whatever is needed at any minute. And so I really enjoyed it. I was really happy to be there. And, you know, most other PAs were there because they were kind of haphazardly just sort of there when they felt like it or kind of, you know, half-assing it because they just wanted to be on set. But I really took it seriously, I guess. <laughs> and the reason why I say that, I guess, is that, you know, we had a... Um, a DP, a director of photography, a female DP named Uta, uh, which is interesting because, frankly, there aren't that many, even today, there aren't that many, well, I guess there, there are a lot of female DPs, but they're just not as well, um, there are a lot of female D DPs, but they don't get as many jobs as, as males do, and um, they are far less percentage-wise than men. So it's just good to see a female DP. Um, but the point is, is and I was probably in my really early 20s, and I, I wouldn't venture to guess how old she was, but the point is that she was, I felt like she was like a, you know, a, a mentor level person. Like I had no idea how old she was, but she definitely knew more about filmmaking than I did and obviously had a very important job and was good at her job, so I admired her. And she pulls me over and says, oh, you know, Chad, I just wanted to, I wanted to give you something. And... And I was like, okay, great. And so she sat down and she says, yeah, I just want to give you this t-shirt. And, and I was like, well, why? Like, what's the point? Like, or like, why would you want, like, what did I, what would I do to deserve this? And she's like, well, you just, you know, you work so hard and you're such a good person and I just wanted to make sure you had it. And that probably was the only, that was the last time I ever talked to her. Like, she's alive and well and everything, but I just, I just never had a chance to talk to her. We didn't really, you know, I didn't realize not really in a department, but she just saw that I was doing hustling, I guess, and wanted to reward me. And I hadn't thought about that uh, until a few years ago when I was watching one of my favorite episodes of This Is Us, and I noticed that the director was Uta, the, the DP who gave me the t-shirt. And so the interesting part of the story was, one, it was just nice to see, one, that uh, the female was still, or person who I like, was still working in Hollywood, doing bigger projects doing really well, um, you know, well-received, highly acclaimed, well-paid jobs. But she had progressed from being a DP to, for, to a, a director of photography to a director, which, again, 
you know, as sad as it's to say, it's just the fact that it's harder for women to achieve those positions and then to progress to other positions than it's for men. And frankly, it's really hard for men to go from <laughs> director of photography to director. So for her to do it, it was just a really nice, it was nice to see that growth. And I guess the, the main point of this whole story is to say that what I realized is that <laughs> I hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of it at all. But when I put on events and when I, um, you know, when I do kind of, I don't know, like, yeah, any kind of event related, I always have this component where I give people free t-shirts. And I'm not sure that it was Uta who did that, but I guess my point is, is that the two lessons that I, that I learned from, or the lessons that this story reminded me of was one, is that it's not just that you never know where you'll be in five years. It's that at any given point, you never know you know, it's not just that you never know where you're going to be in five years. It's that, it's that you never know how you're going to affect people, <laughs> right, in your life. Like, so for me, like, or rather for her, like, giving me a t-shirt that was a free t-shirt from, like, some random, you know, like, equipment company, it was a really nice gesture, something she didn't need to do, something that, you know, took away from her time that she didn't do for other, maybe she did for other people, maybe I don't know, like, I guess, but I never heard anybody saying that, telling me that story. And so the bottom line is that, like, that had a real effect on me, right? And and so I guess the point is that, like, A, it was nice just to see someone who I knew from the past progress and do well. Um, and then B, it was just, the thought that occurred to me was, like, all of us, never or don't always get the opportunity to know how we affect others. And that's negative or positive. Let's just stay on positive. But like, we don't know how we positively affect others. Like, I don't think for a second, she's like, I wonder whatever happened to that guy I gave a t-shirt to. (laughs) Like, like, you know, I doubt that very highly. But at the same time, you know, her giving me that t-shirt and taking the time to like say that I did really well was like a nice, was something that I remembered. It was a nice thing to do, but it was something that I remembered. Right, like, and I remembered for a long, long time, and I ended up forgetting it because you know life is long. But the bottom line is that, like, I do the same thing she does. Like, I make sure to give people praise, and I make sure to give people like free T-shirts for no reason. <laughs> and it was just like when I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, she had a massive effect on me, and I didn't even realize it, or I wasn't fully aware of it. I should say. So I think that's the first lesson: is like you never know what you're doing or how it's affecting others, and that's kind of a f- cool feeling. Um, and the second thing that I was thinking about is just this again, like you, that's a story that actually makes sense linearly, like, right, like if you're a DP in indie films and you stick it out long enough and you have the right breaks and you, you know, you are that talented, then you like to think that eventually you progress to something bigger and better. Um, but there's a lot of stories that like you wouldn't think would um, happen just because it doesn't somewhat make sense. Like the one that, you know, I'm not really related to at all. It's just this um, the story of John Favreau, who was started out as this actor who was, you know, not exactly a matinee idol. And he was the kind of the, 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 the dorky friend in Rudy. It's where he met Vince Vaughn and they went on to do Swingers. But at the time, it was just like a throwaway role that he did a really good job in. And then they went on to make Swingers, which was a late 90s or mid 90s. Um, it ended up sort of, bringing swing to the swing music to that generation and like it was like you know after that movie came out they had swing on 90210 and you know at the at the um, 
you know, at the the Super Bowl and things like that. So there was like a, there was like a swing craze that it brought on. Um, and the point is, like, you would never have thought at that point that somebody who started out where he started out would end up being this kind of indie movie, like, you know, Godfather, you know? Um, and then if you froze it there, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of an interesting progression. And then from there, you know, he had, John Favreau had a number of opportunities as an actor and as a writer. And in the background, he was doing a lot of writing uh, that folks may not know about. But in terms of, like, his, his acting career... You know, it, it petered out to a degree where he was doing uh, interesting projects that he thought were interesting, and then finally it just kind of petered out into these like kind of like roles that were like very much like his and Rudy role, where he was just this. He had a few scenes that were memorable and was never really part of anything. And then in that, you know, as time went on, he did more and more directing, and he directed Elf, and he directed Iron Man, and he directed Jungle Book, and he directed. Lion King, and now he's directing The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars movie, The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars movie. And so he's essentially responsible for, you know, billions of dollars of of box office. On top of which, he also has a very strong independent film um, resume, which whether it be Swingers or I think Love and Sex was one that he did with Famke Jensen. And he did Made, which was like a, you know an indie uh, movie he did with Vince Vaughn, the second one he did. And he's done Chef, which was not necessarily an indie movie, but a very small movie and kind of had that indie vibe to it. And so the bottom line is that it would be difficult for you to project at any of those stops along the way that that's where he would end up or that's where he would go or that's what his path would be. Like, it doesn't make sense in the way that we like to think that things make sense, right? Like, a small role going to an indie movie like that makes sense, okay. But then it being this amazing, you know, um, kind of cultural phenomenon and like '90s movie icon, that's a little bit amazing but believable. And you're like, all right, well, that can that happens. But then to like sprawl into doing Elf, which is very iconic. Uh, it's a holiday movie starring um, uh, Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell. Like, and to be do these huge, you know. Uh, anime or uh, CGI movies that are just about as far away from swingers, uh, the 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 indie vibe of swingers that you can imagine. And the point is that that's like an easy story to tell because you have all these like signposts of what he's done as a career, and you don't know like what his life. I mean, most of us, I would imagine, don't know what his life was like as a human being. But I think the point, what it illustrates is that, like, we all have these massive sea changes and we all have these U-turns that don't necessarily make sense. And we all have these, you know, again, take a picture of yourself five years ago and a picture of yourself now or take a look at, like, write down the five things that you were worried about in five years ago and five th- things you were about five years from now. Like, it's possible you're worrying about the same stuff, but it's probable that you are worrying about different things. <laughs> um, and... You know, or the things that you love or the things that you believe. Like, just we change so rapidly in so many directions. But we just like this idea that there's this the linear path. And, you know, it just, just doesn't work that way. And the, the reason, the lesson that I take from that is just to say that, like, isn't that great? <laughs> like, like, things could turn out terrible. Like, that's for sure. But at the same time, like, there's just this idea that you just never know. You just never know, and all you can do is like to persevere and try your best and 
try to be a good person and, and work on the thing that you love when you can. And some people can't. Some people are like can barely survive and don't have the support of family like I have or don't have the ability to make money like others do or don't have skills that they need or whatever. So I'm not making a judgment or saying like, just go do it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that it's, it's real easy in this world to think and to feel and to believe that things don't change both when things are going great and when things are not going your way. You just think, well, everyone else is like, become successful. What's wrong with me? You know, and you know, you'll have all these stories of people who were like, you know, well, he was like, you know, a, a, a ditch digger. And now he's like, you know, a, a famous movie star. Well, those like, those are feel anomalous. Those feel like, well, yeah, but I'm not a movie star. And, you know, but at the same time, like things, just change faster and in weirder ways and unpredictable ways in everyone's lives than we can ever imagine. And we just, it's not that we actually would like to think that way, but we just don't because it's just, it's easier to think linearly. Like, all right, tomorrow's Tuesday, which means I get up at this date or this time and I do this and I go here and I do that. And even if you, like, you don't have a job or something like, well, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and then stare at my computer for hours or I'm going to wake up and do whatever I'm going to do. But the point is like, we're think if you think about it, you imagine what you're doing tomorrow. And we have this sense that it's just going to continue that way. And, it, and it, maybe it will, but most of the time it doesn't. And so the bottom line is like, yeah, like that's just crazy to me that, that a, that, that, uh, you know, that Uta went from being in this very small, uh, you know, film, uh, sorry, very small indie film to, you know, roughly, I guess it took her 20 years. I mean, so it's like 96 to probably 2006, right? So that's 20 years. And she's directing national network TV shows, um, including one that's like critically and like critically claimed and that audiences like clamor to, meaning like they have good ratings. So that's encouraging. And, you know, and the last one I'll mention is, um, so there's this woman who does, um, and frankly, this one I'm a little bit jealous of, <laughs> I have to be honest is that uh, there's this woman who I met many years ago who worked for like a minute on a um, short film that I was producing, the first kind of big short film I ever did. And it just wasn't a fit because some of the crew were ornery. <laughs> I'll just say that. And she was like, ah, this isn't worth my time. And you know, she was this, um, she ended up, she also had this interest, she was doing makeup and hair and stuff like that, but she also had this interest in, um, in skill and uh, well, not just to say, she also was a music video director. And so I remember seeing her on her MySpace page, had all these videos like, holy cow, like I was jealous. Like at that time I was much older than her and like had, a, she just got out of school, but she had this like portfolio of like really, really, really creative videos that I just thought were great. Like the music was like, okay, the bands were fine, but the music videos that she brought on were like so interestingly visually that I was like, I didn't think, oh, she's gonna go far. I just thought, man, she's really good. Um, and then over time, you know, I noticed, you know, we connected through social media. She, her bands got a little bigger and a little bigger. And she started doing projects that were like recognizable, that like literally like the biggest name, the biggest names in pop music, period, uh, you know, of today. And she's still doing it. And she's like winning, you know, MTV Music Awards or whatever. And so I guess the thing that I would say is that like, the le- not the lesson, but the thought that occurred to me is that it makes sense to me that that's the case that happened with her, that she went from being super talented, 
living in LA, knowing bands and having a really strong vision and parlaying that into success, right? And I just know that for sure that it wasn't as easy as it seems and she, you know, had to pay her dues like everyone else did and, you know, maybe had some luck finding the right people at the right time or whatever. And she's obviously talented and charming and because all these pop stars want to work with her, right? Like, to me, it makes sense, you know, and I don't know her well enough. I don't know her story well enough to know what the ups and downs were, but I imagine that there were some because they are in everyone's life. But the way I would look at it or the lesson that I would sort of draw from this is like, well, there are a lot of people who are super talented and a lot of people who put in the hard work, a lot of people who are in LA and had opportunities that she had and didn't work out for them. And I'm not talking about me. Like, I know that I have talents. I, I know that there are things that I'm good at. Um, I'm not fully <laughs> willing to explain every single one of them or to acknowledge every single one of them, but it's not like I don't know that there are things that I'm good at. But when it comes to music videos, like, I'm just not in her class. Like, maybe I am. I don't, you know, I just, I don't have, there's no evidence to support that. Um, and so for me... It's easy, it's easy for me to say that there's a lot of people who are out there who are just as talented or who just don't have as much, um, you know, attention. But the truth of it is, is, as I'm thinking about it, there just aren't that many. I have not seen that many video music videos that are as good as what she had. So it just brings up a good like a question of to me of like, well, one is like, I do think that success has very little to do with how good you are sometimes because you know, if you are really good at what you do and don't get nurtured or don't get the attention you need at the right time or they don't have the resources you need at the right time, then not only believe it will not see how good you are, but you won't have a chance to learn and grow and get all, you know, get all the system out of your system and learn how to do it the right, quote unquote, right way or like become the artist or the, the creator that you're supposed to be. So it's like a hard thing to say. It's like, well, you know, it's like one of those things Well, like, yeah, like I can run faster than this person. But the reason is, is because I spent six years training with somebody and, you know, they run almost just as fast as me, but they don't spend any time training because they don't have the ability or the money and resources to train. So it's just the thought that I'm thinking of is just the lesson that I want to portray here is, again, the one that I've kind of fallen into, which is that it's possible that if I work hard enough and continue this, blogging and and vlogging and podcasting and putting on events and, and directing music videos and producing films and putting on events and doing marketing that I put up enough content that I get enough attention and get an opportunity. It's also possible that no one ever hears of me, right? That's possible. The, the lesson that I'm trying to portray here is that all that you are can do is to do your best, is to like literally do as much work as you can that you enjoy and get as good as it at it as you can, and to share it as much as you can, and let the chips fall where they may. Because on one hand, like, the, currently, like, where this is all coming from, is like, I know that I'm putting out a lot of content, and I know that a lot of it is pretty good. Most of it is not great. Maybe, you know, again, we had the last podcast, it's all in the beholder, but just, just to be fair, it's, it's not great. And I imagine that my podcasting skills will be better in the future as I do more of these. And at the same time, like I could become the master of all masters of all the mediums that I'm doing and people still not, um, you know, know that I exist. And so the question is, is like, well, I guess the point is that 
Um, we like to think that talent rises to the top with cream rises to the top. I tend to think that's not true because one is, you know, a lot of people think they're the cream of the crop and aren't in my opinion. And a lot of people think they're the cream of the crop. I don't think that they are, but the rest of the world does. You know, a lot of people think that they're not that good, but the rest of the world thinks they're amazing, you know, or their friends think they're amazing. So like, I just think that like good is in the eye of the beholder. But what is not in the eye of the beholder is the amount of effort, energy, and passion you put into something, right? So I don't know that passion, hard work, skill, experience, and talent gets you success, but it definitely can't hurt. Um, And I don't believe that just, you know, following seven steps or having talent and passion gets you where you need to go, but it can't hurt. And just like I said at the very beginning, like you never know where you're going to go. So you might as well enjoy it along the way. And you're definitely not going to, you know, if you do get an opportunity and you haven't been working on your craft, you haven't been doing what makes you, you know, excited inside and you haven't been, you know, putting in the 10,000 hours, you know, or having the experiences you need to get good at, to get, become a master at all the things you're doing, then you not only you be led down a certain path, but say you do get an opportunity, you're not going to be ready for it because you gave up on your dream, you know? And like, and then also the case would be made, well, look, if you had gave up on your dream, those possibilities might not come up. But I, that has not been my experience. My experience is that people get opportunities whether they put their energy into it or not. The question is, is are they, uh, have they earned that opportunity and have they, do they make the best of it? So this whole rambling podcast, I think is mainly a, the point of the story is that everybody's story is not just that it's unwritten, like it's written. It's just that there's always a new chapter being built. And so, you know, all the people say like, stay in the moment and you know, appreciate what we have. Like, I agree with all that. It's just really hard to to live like that if you're trying to pay your bills and you don't have any money, you know, or you're in a situation where you really want to be somewhere and can't be, uh, or you, you know, you think you're supposed to be with someone and they are not with you. Like, whatever it is, like, you have this... It's easy to stay in the moment when the moment is what you want, right? And it's easy to find things to be grateful for when the things that you have in your life are what everyone else says you should be grateful for. And the truth of it is, is like, I have a billion things I can be grateful for. And I just have to remind myself that, you know, just because I don't have all the things that like society says I'm supposed to have, I also, I have X, Y, and Z that makes me super happy. And that's all that really should matter. But I guess my point is, is that staying in the moment's important, appreciating the moment's important, and, you know, being open to possibilities is important but I think also having a sense that not holding on too tight to the moment, not, to, not too holding too tight to the good times, not um, ignoring the bad times, but just being aware that there's an ebb and flow and to appreciate the ride. Because again, I mean, I'm doing this podcast partly because I just, th- I really want to believe that this is like, this particular episode is like, yeah, like he <laughs> gave this whole rambling half an hour podcast about how you never know and how he wasn't in the spot where he wanted to be and look at him now, right? And for all I know, the the stories that I gave, like my friend Uda, um, who I have, I say friend, who I've talked to for five minutes and haven't talked to in 25 years, and um, 
you know, Hannah, who is someone who I talked to again for five minutes, 15 years ago, um, you know, they may not think that they're successful. And beyond that, again, we talked about everyone, like they maybe they seem happy, but I don't know. And I guess the point is that like, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about getting, um, achieving goals that you set for yourself and enjoying the process of living your life. And I say again, I don't really know if any of the people I've talked about have had, um, you know, quote unquote enjoyable lives or that they would see it as enjoyable lives or if they've had, you know, most people have their fair share of tragedy. So I'm not talking about that stuff. I wouldn't um, presume to judge any of those things for them or anyone else. Um, But I will say from a career standpoint, from a goal oriented, actionable, tactical way to achieve things that you want. I can say that the smartest thing that I would offer to people or the, the, the biggest piece of advice I would offer to people is not just to stay in the moment and appreciate it for what it is, good or bad or otherwise, but to be fully aware that, again, you don't have any idea where you're going to be going. <laughs> you have no idea. So enjoy it. And when things are bad, you know, it's never as bad as you think. And, you know, and... That's not really true. Like the, the people, there's a line that people like to say, or that I really like from the movie I heard first in the movie Blow, um, was like, you know, sometimes you're up. You're, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically, the Ray Liotta character says, sometimes you're up, you're up, and sometimes, you know, when you're, you know, sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down, and you, you're never as, you're never as high as you think you are when you're up, and you're never as low as you think you are when you're down. That's a, a good saying, but some people really have terrible lives that, you know, not terrible, I think a lot of people have lives that are um, challenging in a way that most of us who are listening to this podcast couldn't comprehend. So I don't want to have, again, I don't, I don't, there's nothing wrong with like things that are like, yeah, you never know, like those are good, you know, like those kinds of sayings, because attitude is good. But for people who are living on the street and can't find, doing everything they can to get off of it, or, you know, you know, that's not a good example. Some people actually want to live on the street. But let's, let's say there's a lot of people who are in situations that they desperately want to get out of and can't. Or they've tried everything they can, that they can think of, and still haven't. It's real... I don't like giving the, the platitudes, because it's like, well, dude, I am not in a good situation, and I'm trying as hard as I can, and I don't know what else to do, and nothing's changing. So just telling me that, eh, things will change, like, maybe... <laughs> And telling someone you have a good attitude about it, like that makes sense. And it's a good thing to tell people in the sense that like, it's good advice, but to kind of say it kind of haphazardly is a bit rude, I think, and a bit um, privileged. Anyways, the bottom line is that none of us know where life is going to take us. And it's, we like to have linear stories like, oh, first I went to here and then I went to here and then I went to here. And even if the story is like you're all over the place, that's the story. But the truth is, is that like the story is in the eye of the beholder. And generally speaking, my experience is that we have no idea where we're going. So for me, in my personal situation, I'm lucky enough that I don't have to worry necessarily about living on the street these days. So my opinion and my point of view is always going to try to be, well, I'm going to appreciate where I am right now, but I'm going to try really hard to get to where I want to be because, frankly, I'm not where I want to be. I'm just not. And, you know, um doesn't mean I can't be, but there's not a lot of evidence supporting the idea that I will be where I want to be. <laughs> there's no evidence. Frankly, there's no evidence. However, there's no evidence 
that, you know, that Hannah would go from being a makeup artist and, you know, indie, you know, music video director to somebody winning a million MTV Music Awards or being nominated, uh, you know, or that John Favreau would go from, you know, a, being a good actor, but in a small roles to being a multi-billion dollar director. Like, that would be very hard to predict. And so, for me, it's just a nice reminder that life takes time. You never know where you're going to go. So, for me, personally, I'm going to try to enjoy the ride. Uh, Thanks for listening. Again, hopefully the next podcast will be more interview-oriented, because I think those are more fun for me, and I think clearer and more... Um, it provides kind of more succinct information and more succinct ways to help folks than kind of my ramblings, which I think are valuable because it's just me sharing um, and listening to some other person share their ideas is innately valuable, I think. Um, but hopefully this is somewhat helpful. But again, like I said, I'm going to try to do more um, interviews. Cause I think that's, that's more of a skill that I have than kind of like, you know, you know, uh, what's the word? live streaming <laughs> what's the what's the where they got stream of consciousness anyways thank you for listening and until next time talk to you later